0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Superpowers for Good show. I'm your host, Devin Thorpe, and I'm excited today. We've got with us Mohan Loganathan, who is the CEO of Our Turn. Uh, he is an extraordinary individual that many compare to the Batman of the nonprofit world. He is our guest today. He is leading a movement to help change uh, education, uh, drawing on uh, primarily the energy of the students themselves to change the, what's going on in our world. Uh, Nathan, or excuse me, Mohan, thank you so much for being with us today. Uh, welcome to the show.
1: It's a pleasure. Thanks for having me.
0: Yeah, we're we're thrilled to have you here and really appreciate you taking the time.
1: Uh, why don't you give us a quick overview of your work at our turn? Sure. Happy to do it. And, uh, and greetings to everybody who, who might be tuning in right now. Uh, So the work that we do at Our Turn, it it starts with a key question, uh, which is, when in your life did you discover that you had the agency to shape your future? So if you take a moment to just consider that question, uh, for some folks, maybe that was middle school, maybe it was elementary school. Uh, For far too many people across the U.S., uh, that answer comes maybe in college, uh, maybe when you're a young adult. Uh, Worst case, it doesn't happen at all. And far too often, uh, for the folks who are not able to discover the answer to that question early enough in their life, they're coming from communities that have been overlooked, underestimated for generations. Communities of color, uh, from the LGBTQ community, um, low-income uh, you know, areas and, and beyond. Uh, so that, that's a problem, because I think we know, I, I, I feel like it's safe to say that anyone who's, who's tuning in right now and paying attention, you understand and believe in the power of agency. Uh, you, you thrive when you have the opportunity to be able to shape the circumstances of your present and your future. And it is unjust that there are barriers and obstacles in place for far too many young people across the country. So they cannot discover that answer. So they, can, they can't discover their potential and their possibility uh, at such critical inflection points and moments in their lives. So at our turn, We try to create a better future around that question by positioning young people to be change makers within the education system. Um, We do that by training, by telling stories and by turning the tables. We train young people to be the most effective storytellers, advocates, and as I noted, change makers possible so that they can be able to take seats at positions and tables of power all across the country as it affects their own education. We tell their stories because uh, you, you can't you can't form a just and thriving and prosperous education system unless you understand what young people are actually experiencing, unless you actually understand their aspirations for the future. Uh, so we look to be able to close that proximity gap between what young people are experiencing and what education systems leaders are out there thinking about, doing, practicing on a day-to-day basis, and we turn the tables on decision-making. Uh, And we do that by helping young people to be able to shape their own efforts, their own campaigns uh, from an issue-based lens or an electoral lens to be able to bring about tangible changes in the education system. And we look to turn the tables on decision-making by actually positioning young people to be equals, to be co-conspirators with superintendents, school board members, philanthropists, you name it, uh, because there are so many folks across the country who I think believe in everything that I'm saying here, uh, and they're trying to figure out how. Uh, and you know what young people are saying across the country is hey, all right if if you're here to be an ally, we're with you. like let's make this happen together. let's build a structure together. let's build the policies and and the culture together. Uh, and through those different ingredients, we believe that we can actually fuel a national movement where young people are able to make education justice the civil rights issue of our time.
0: This is uh,
1: critically important work uh,
0: for so many reasons. Uh, uh, and so I congratulate you for doing it. I wonder if you could give us a very specific example, like of a, a, a program or a, an activity that you or one of your students are are leading so that we get a, a, a real tangible sense of what this means on the ground
1: in practice. Absolutely. Well, if you think about uh, the school board level, uh, you know, this is something that folks haven't recognized for a long time. So many critical, life-changing decisions for students are made at the school board level. So school boards are making decisions around budgets and accountability and metrics for success and curriculum and staffing decisions and more. Uh, and for a long time, I think a lot of folks were able to kind of fly under the radar. And then suddenly over the past few years, I think with the culture wars that have really just gripped, unfortunately, so many of our schools, I think mean, like, it's become one of the most uh, like undesirable jobs in the entire country. It is tough right now to be a school board member. So there was a gathering that recently happened uh, in Louisiana. Um, with one of our partner organizations, um, where they brought together dozens of school board members from across the country. Um and it was a community building space. It was a training space. And, you know, they were grappling with some of the issues that I already alluded to. Uh, you know, the the culture wars that are breaking out, uh, the 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 fiscal cliff that is coming soon with the expiration of Esser funding, um, the fact that many districts are already dealing with deficits, attendance crises, the continued mental health epidemic that, um, young people have been dealing with that increasingly educators and more are dealing with. Um, so as they were thinking about all these different issues, uh, what, what I appreciate is that many folks recognize, hey, like we need to make sure we are directly hearing from students as as a part of this. And so they reached out to us and said, hey, can you have uh, some student leaders from our turn come and present um, at this convening that was happening in Louisiana? Said, "All right, great. Um, You know, had to get together like travel plans and, you know, sort of a a presentation and curriculum like together really quickly and try to figure out how can it work within the context of what school board members are thinking about. So the the lens that was applied was how do you do authentic student engagement, equity center student engagement within the context of budgeting, and how can you think about participatory budgeting in a unique way? And you know, our students doing what they do, uh, they absolutely knocked it out of the park." Uh, you know, they they pulled back the curtain, you know, they, they really delivered this wake up call and a call to action to the folks who were in this breakout session. Um, so it was a breakout session featuring student leaders and they talked about, you know, here's how young people want to be in, engaged and involved. Here are some of the pros and cons in that process. Here's how it can work within the context of participatory budgeting. So it was something that was very actionable. It wasn't just hypothetical and values based, but it was something that was very actionable. And so you fast forward to then uh, the end of the conference uh, where the organizers were bringing everybody back together into the main hall and, you know, people engaged in all sorts of learning, you know, including our session and others. And the organizers then stood on the main stage and announced, hey, we had student leaders from our turn who were in a breakout session and it was amazing. And next year, they're going to be right here on the main stage. Uh, And that was just this recognition that everybody had uh, who happened to be in that small room, Uh, with students that young people deserve the microphone. That in this time where there is such deep polarization and division, um, animosity, cynicism, you name it, uh, within our culture in the US and within schools, The the group of folks who are the best positioned to lead a more hopeful and aspirational vision, it's indeed the young people who are supposed to be serving at the center of the education system. And not only do they provide that inspiration in the moment through their storytelling, through their experience, but they also oftentimes have the best solutions. So they need to be centered as folks who can help to be able to design those solutions, to be able to implement them, to build accountability practices around them, and you know, I'm I'm just so uh, so excited, thrilled, proud that um, that this group of uh, school board leaders recognize that, uh, and and we want to be able to create a multiplier effect around that type of experience across the country. One of the things that I, that's a great example. Thank you, thank you for
0: sharing that, that very specific example. One of the things that I've seen as I look at your work is I, I, I get a sense that one of the challenges that you've identified is a, a marginalization of, of individuals that comes from um, a homogenation of minorities people of color, right? That they're sort of lumped together and not adequately individualized. And I see in your work, the students beginning to represent uh, their experiences, whether uh, they are Black, whether they're Hispanic, Native American, uh, etc., that they're able to use their own voice and begin to uh, raise the issues that affect their community in unique and different ways. Am I am
1: I seeing that correctly? And how's that working? If, the, if I'm seeing that correctly, absolutely. Well, I, I think you're pointing to multiple issues that exist within the education system. Um, so certainly you have uh, literal segregation that happens in terms of policies, uh, in terms of uh, you know school populations and geographies. Uh, you also have the, these one size fits all approaches um, that have existed within the education system literally for, for decades. Um, and we have not advanced, we have not evolved. And, and I think to understand why it's so necessary to meet young people where they're at, at an individual level, um, I would ask anybody who maybe is working professionally right now, when you think about, uh, what is it that lights you up? Uh, what is it that makes you thrive? Uh, you know, what are the things that you're proud about? Do you think in terms of, um, metrics? You know, do you think in terms of resume bullet points? Or do you think about, uh, you know, how it feels when you have a certain ability to actualize your vision? Uh, do you think about how it feels when you're able to be a creative problem solver? Do you think about how it feels when you have allies around you and when you're able to collaborate and build networks and community? Um, when you can go out and do something that, that maybe you didn't think was possible before? and and if that's the case and i'm willing to make a bet that for most folks like that's where you're at you're not it's not so much in terms of just the resume but like those those feelings that you have knowing that you as a person are able to thrive then that is the type of pathway that we have an obligation to to ensure that young people also have that type of access like down to the individual human being level uh but within education Uh, I think under, look, I understand like the, the, the data and the rationale behind it. Like a lot of times we're thinking, all right, well, it's just about math scores and that's it. You know, it's just about English. Um, and that's it. And I'll tell you, like, you know, for me, I'm, I'm in this work in social justice. Now I've been in this space for 15 years. I majored in electrical engineering. So like math and, and physics and, and all of that, like that was my life, you know, for, you know, my bachelor's degree and in high school leading up to that. Like, I remember very little. Of any of that stuff, <laughs> like, very little. I think like maybe some of the approaches in terms of critical thinking, like I think and being analytical, are, are still part of me. Um, but like my my ability now to have a certain level of agency and, and allyship and affirmation, like that's the stuff that really matters to me, and that is a that is a very personal experience to me, uh, and that is the type of opportunity I would want young people to have all across the country in um, however they might be engaging the education system.
0: This is just critical work that you're doing, Mohan, and I really appreciate you taking the time to be with us today. Um, let me just um, say, as we, we, we're we going to transition, we're going to take a quick break. Uh, we're here with today, we're, we're extraordinarily great to have uh, Mohan Sivillag and Nathan, Nathan. Sorry, Mo, and I apologize. I, I, I tried. I practiced. <laughs> uh, but but we are so grateful to him. Uh, he is the CEO of our turn. Uh, he is uh, an exceptional individual. We, we look forward to further discussion with him. We're going to be talking about his superpower when we come back. But we uh, we're going to take a quick break. So uh, stick around. We've got great stuff yet to come. Learn how to make money with your crowdfund investing at the September Super Crowd Hour webinar. Drawing on decades of finance experience, I'll teach you how to make money, not just a difference. You will increase your impact by increasing your financial returns. Register today at the supercrowd.com. Want to learn from the world's great changemakers? Find your superpower. Subscribe to the Superpowers for Good newsletter at superpowersforgood.com. Make your strengths into superpowers that will change the world. Join the super crowd today. Superpowers number four, good.com.
1: Hi, I'm Julianne Meyer, the host of Own Your Wellness, and you can watch my show on Mondays and Thursdays from 4 to 5 p.m. Pacific on Achieve TV right here on E360 TV. Remember there's more to health and wellness than broccoli and burpees.
0: Welcome back everyone. We are we are here with uh Mohan Sibaloga Nathan. Noth- oh,
1: okay.
0: uh, I apologize. Uh, lot, Mohan, Mohan Sibaloga Nathan and uh I uh the name is difficult, but the, uh, the individual is incredibly important. And I mean no disrespect by my uh, failing the, the tongue twister test today. But Mohan is the CEO of our turn is an exceptional individual. Mohan, in fact, you are just a great human being, and I'm thrilled to have you here. You, you have accomplished in your 15 years of fighting for social justice, uh, especially in education, so much. Uh, reaching millions of students across the country with the various programs that you've
1: led, um, incredible work. We're so grateful for all that you do. What do you see as your superpower? Um, thank you for, for the question also. Um, and I appreciate you like, you know, just giving it a healthy shot in terms of my last name too. <laughs> I think a lot of folks just get intimidated and run in the opposite direction. Um, so, so I, I appreciate that. Thank you. Uh, my superpower, um, I'd call my superpower troublemaking. Uh, so, you know, to to channel a bit of of the late great uh, John Lewis, um, who who talk about good trouble, uh, you know, we we operate in a status quo that, uh, for too many people, myself included, we have just we've been suppressed. Um, we've been suppressed. We've been we've been held down. Our voices have been limited. Our ability to affect change has been limited. Uh, a lot of it is is a matter of, of colonization and institutionalization and and so many things that frankly just have not been working for people for a long time. But sometimes we, it's it's too scary to go in a different direction. Um, it the, it there's like that fear of you know what might it mean for me and you know the next step that I might be able to take. Uh, but when I think about troublemaking, I I think about shaking the status quo through the power of voices, through the power of action, through the power of culture. Uh, And I that's something that I increasingly through my life, I've tried to wear as this badge of honor. Uh, And I think the spectrum has been shifting, I think, more and more as I've been leaning into that badge from troublemaking as a problem, troublemaking as something that would isolate me, uh, troublemaking as something that would put a target on my back to something that actually is liberating me. Uh, and opening up doors of possibility for myself, things that I didn't know were available to me, but now are. But then also, for me, even more importantly, opening up those doors of possibility for other people. Um, Because I think about, for instance, uh, you know, coming up first in the corporate world, and then even early on in in the nonprofit sector, just the many times where, again, I felt like I had a target on my back where, um, you know, I might try and say or do something that deviated from the status quo and, um, and the attacks, the, the, the the literal the metaphorical attacks that I would receive uh and thinking about like that is not an experience that is unique to me uh because so many of those things that I was experiencing or detecting related to different forms of of inequity um of feeling oppressed of feeling isolated it, it's an experience that so many people are going through to this day and uh and nobody deserves that uh so I and I think that's like kind of like the, the floor right? Like nobody, nobody deserves that to feel like that type of burden on them. Um, But I think if you look at like the ceiling and actually breaking through that ceiling, imagine if, if folks had the courage and the pathway and the liberation to be able to exercise their voice for positive social change, even for just changes in their own lives. Imagine what would happen within the education system as we deal with the climate crisis, when you think about economic inequality, when you think about the operation of corporations and beyond, imagine if we truly unlocked people. Uh, and I believe that requires troublemaking. It's we can't just speak it into existence. Uh, it's not going to happen uh, incrementally. It's going to happen if we are able to identify what that status quo is, and we're able to build the right, the right. Um, Affirmation. I keep talking about affirmation, um, but but having the affirmation, having the support, the resources, the runway that's needed to actually fuel troublemaking. Um, and so uh, that's yeah, what I would what I would define as my as my superpowers identifying that and trying to live and breathe it day in day out.
0: Well, I, th- that really resonates with me. I have to confess, uh, I had the opportunity to meet John Lewis once. Uh, uh, we were on a, a sh- shared. The podium at an event, and uh, he's he's an extraordinary role model for me, uh, even after his passing. Uh, and so, the this idea of good trouble uh, resonates with me. So, I, I appreciate you sharing that and and leveraging that as a superpower. Can you think of an example of something that has come directly from your good trouble
1: superpower? Mm, that's what? my question. Great question yeah uh, you know um I'm, I'm i'll go with the first thing that comes to mind um so you know you alluded to this earlier for for me in this this mantra um this identity that i'm, that I'm proud of as, as the batman of social impact as, as a non-profit leader by day uh and a, a a musician a hip-hop artist public speaker by night you know and i and i feel like speaking and music that's this opportunity for me to really be able to amplify my voice uh, and to be able to reach more people, to be able to catalyze in really unique and powerful ways. So the, the example that immediately came to mind uh, is from uh, November, 2016. Uh, and am I doing the I am doing the math right, great. <laughs> so November, 2016, um, I was invited to an event uh, which had a hundred plus um, young um, next-gen emerging leaders um, who are working across the corporate sector and nonprofit. Uh, and I was invited to come to this convening in DC and to be able to speak and perform and uh now this was about one week after the election um you know the the u.s presidential election in 2016 and uh you know i won't go into all the specific politics of it but i think folks know what you know probably know what i'm referencing what that time was like and uh, literally as soon as i walked into this room you know it was uh it was just it was dark um uh, you could feel it it was it was somber um and there was just this really tense like just, just thick emotion. Um, that was, that was in the air. Um, and you know, like I, I, I was, as I was in that room, I was, you know, I was feeling that too. Um, I was feeling disappointment. Um, just like a, a few days before I had people in my office, um, at work at the, at the, time I was working in human services in New York, my team all together uh, and, and folks were crying. Folks were literally crying, um, in my office. And so, um, you know, like, this was like a just a really tough place for people to be able to navigate out of. And, um, and so I revised, you know, the the remarks that I was planning on, um, like, literally right there as I'm in the room. And so I, I go on the stage. Um, and I start with a performance of a song called um, called our time. Uh, and I performed the song and then from there delivered some remarks to the audience. And the, the theme that I tried to share with people uh, is that like, it's moments like this, are, are why we're here um, it's why we decided to take on a purpose-oriented uh, field of work uh, it's it's why we've shaped our leadership in a certain way it's why we've built this type of community in a certain way where again you had a hundred plus leaders who are there uh, it's it's something where yes we're holding disappointment and sadness and we need to try and find the fuel. Um, the energy the motivation to be able to still charge forward and to recognize like this is indeed our time this is our place our moment this is where we're supposed to be like this is this is a time to agitate more than you ever thought like not to fall back and to feel like hey it's not my moment anymore but no actually this is your space this is your lane um this is my space and lane then let's so let's go out and be louder and bolder than ever uh and i went off the stage uh afterwards and you know i talked with a few folks and you know again people who are maybe working in csr or working in nonprofits and there are multiple people who came up and said hey look um, i was thinking about literally like leaving this field of work like i was thinking about leaving the nonprofit space leaving this this purpose orientation and i didn't think it was going to be for me anymore but i found the fire again uh, and thank you uh and that just it just meant it meant so much uh for, for so many of us in that space to, like, find that energy from each other. You know, I don't share that story to say that, hey, like, this is my unique form of music and troublemaking and speaking, and I did this for people, but sometimes when you lean into that collective energy of what troublemaking is about and, like, how we can all be a part of that, how we should be a part of that, and you just give you give it space to breathe, then incredible things can happen. Uh, And we've seen the incredible work that has happened across the country um, over the past several years. Yes, like we have taken many steps back, but we've taken many steps forward also. And I think that has happened. That's happened through people power. um, That's happened through troublemaking. Yeah. Well, that's that's such a great
0: example. Well, uh, Mohan, uh, as we wrap up here, I wonder if you would just take a quick minute very quickly. Tell us how people can learn more and get in
1: touch. Yeah. Well, uh, again, this has been a pleasure to be here. Um, If if folks want to be able to connect with me, if I can be supportive as um, as an artist, a performer, um, as a um, as a speaker. From a consultative basis, uh, you can reach out to me through my website. It's amen.us. That's A-H-M-E-N.us. You can find my contact information there, uh, my speaking background, my music, and so on. If you want to learn more about Our Turn, uh, go to itsourturn.org, I-T-S-O-U-R-T-U-R-N.org. We are always looking for allies and partners. So love to hear from you. Fantastic. Well, uh, Mohan, again, thank you so much for being
0: here. We wish you every success in the great work that you're doing.
1: Thank you. Much appreciated. All righty.
0: Let's do some good.